All right, we're live, Paul. We're live to the viewers. Um, good to, good to should see we introduce you. ourselves? Yeah, I'll let you go first. You take the case. Hello, everyone. I am Noah Carnifel. This is my uh, first time on a podcast ever. And uh, I, I used to be Mormon there. That's my introduction. <laughs> uh, I pass the baton to you. Hello, uh, my name is Paul Scott. This is the symbolic bird that hangs in my room, and I was never Mormon. I actually, well, now that you said it, what what made you stray away from Mormonism? Well, you know, it was a lot of things. Um, I'd say, first of all, it was just many, it was like small steps just leading away from it until I was far enough to, like, look at the whole thing objectively, and then that was like the big difference yeah it just started with like you know high school fucking around with the boys um i never partook in any of the alcohol or drugs but you know i would just i was slowly being pulled away that way and you know first of all like my thoughts on things like is cussing bad hell no i don't think how can words be really that bad of a thing i would never cuss in front of my mom but but, uh fucking i don't see the overall issue and then it just kept going and then i moved in with nikki my lovely fiance and she just never had she was never mormon in her life so seeing you know her point of view on things opened my eyes a lot and i have a respect for the mormon church i'll say that i respect I respect some good Christian values, but like, I can't fuck with, you know, hating on gay people or <laughs> black people. That's a fair point. <laughs> that basically, you know, let me be like, okay, you know, I'm just going to take a step away from not even just the Mormon church, but maybe even just like Christian Christianity, just take a step back and spend some time with just me and, you know, me and Nikki. And then eventually I'm going to start going to churches again. I want to try like crazy fucking churches. So I want to go to everything. Buddhism is actually pretty good. I want to try Buddhism. I want to go to like a Jewish church. I want to fucking, or they call it temple. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll even look into fucking Islam, Hinduism. Yeah. I don't know what's going to click, if any of them are going to click, but I just want to try things. That's the biggest thing is the language barrier with those. But I mean, if you, yeah, there's a way. So I have a question, actually, now that you brought it up. Was there ever a time when the boys were just getting shit-faced drunk in high school, when you were still in the grass of the Mormon church, where you were like, damn, dude, I, I should be doing this. I should be. Was there ever no. a time? No, there was never a fucking oh, point man. in time. <laughs> the, let me tell you why. It might have been if, it, if my first experience with it wasn't, you know, you getting drunk angry at me yelling at me to fucking clean your house because some dumb, you know, drunk bitch like spit everywhere. It was Mackenzie. She fucking dumped water on the floor and you're like, clean this shit up. What the fuck? uh, To be fair, in defense of myself, it's because I couldn't clean them up. I know you were, you were totally inebriated. Toby was the only one who was actually like, looked like he was having fun. 
because he was just fucking singing Christmas tunes in the back, making up his own fucking lyrics. Ty was, you know, bent over a toilet crying as he was forced to shotgun cokes. So he he'd throw up within the first 10 minutes. Easily. That was bad. Yeah, it's because his fucking skin and bones. He looks like, you know, starving Gandhi. So he can't really handle the booze. So all in all, my first experience with the uh, with all the alcohol was not a good one. And that really solidified my my thoughts. Like I am, I am never gonna be like that. Was there ever a wholesome time that you can remember where I was boozing? And you're like, you know, man, because that, uh, that's, that's a terrible story. I, I hate that story. It was look, it was fun to re- remember for me and Zach because Zach was there too. Yeah. But um, you know, as far as wholesome times. I would say like most other experiences where you guys were just like tipsy and not just fucking drunk and like belligerent. Yeah. Once I get belligerent, it's it's all that. When you guys were just tipsy and we're all hanging out, that was fun. You know, we're all silly and we're all laughing a lot. And, uh, you know, when you, when you got drunk and and called me and, and told me that, uh, you loved me, you know, I've warmed my heart a little bit. And then I figured out you were drunk and I was like, Oh, that's why. No, I, I mean everything. No, I do understand that. But but honestly, I I do I don't look on it as a negative thing anymore. Obviously, I don't think it's good to be in fucking high school and get drunk every goddamn weekend because right. that's just going to destroy your brain and your liver. But uh, I I do uh you know I I've partaken the bottle just once and it's fun. So I called you, I called you, for those that don't know, I called Noah a couple of weekends ago when I was in Arizona. And I was in Arizona visiting a friend. I was staying in her apartment. And I was drinking Captain Morgan mixed with Sprite. Deadly combination. Um, and I was doing homework. I got really emotional in, in, my, in my drunken disorder. I was calling Noah. I was like crying on the phone. Like, I love you, buddy. And basically, I got to tell you about this. Did I ever tell you, like, what happened after I, I woke up from? Uh, maybe. I don't know. You got to explain it again. So I took down, I basically took down three quarters of a bottle of Jet Captain Morgan, right? And then yeah. I passed out somewhere around seven o'clock. My friend came home to her apartment, woke me up, was like, she's like, hey, you want to go to a frat party? Yeah. yeah. Let's so do it. I swore Captain Morgan spray which was frat. Oh I was like obliterated. I was playing rage kids with these guys, making them all sorts of friends. Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, this guy's like, Oh, you got a fake idea? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Oh, let's go get some wine. And so we're going, we get some wine. Now it's a little late, but I should mention. So when I was drinking Captain Morgan initially, when I was calling you, I threw up. That's the we'll make a tally of all okay. the time. When I was at the fucking frat party, basically, yeah. all these wrestlers, I threw up in their toilet. We went to go get wine. I had these two girls in the back of this guy's Camaro. And I was like, lose my shit, dude. I was blitzed. I was like double barreling these wines, one red one. Oh, hello. Hi, we have a visitor. Hello. He likes to fucking step all over my keyboard when I'm doing important shit. But dude, so 
I was like double barreling these these things of wine, right? And we like somehow found our way to fucking back to another party at a different house. I can't remember. Oh my fucking god! And I threw up in the bush there. Holy shit! What are we on now? Four, five times. I believe it's four. Okay. And then we went and got in and out. The guy dropped me off. He dropped me off at the wrong apartment complex there's an apartment complex right next to my friends that's like for behavioral health like basically these people are like something's wrong with them and they need to it's it's like a therapy place really so this guy comes up to me the security is like hey bro what the fuck are you doing here i'm like shit face i'm like uh my friend lives over there uh, and so there was this little six foot wall I had to hop up get to my friend's apartment i was like can i just like go through there he's like not typically well i'll let you go you can tell it's mm-hmm. a bad spot so i hopped up this six foot wall and then i had to jump down into this bush right in front of my friend's apartment jesus and i literally dude i shit you know i was, the, I was so shit faced i didn't even care i like took a step off the ledge and just basically just try to just drop like the like the gave like the sailors so uh-huh. like like I was going off the end of a of a board off a ship like I just off the captain's plank you just fucking, okay into this bush I fell in the bush I fell asleep for like five minutes I woke up and then I went up to my friend's apartment she wasn't there she was at another party her roommate was there but. She wouldn't open the door because she didn't know who I was. Like I was knocking on the door and like ringing the doorbell and she heard an argument from the neighbors like later earlier that night. So she thought I was like some crazed neighbor basically trying to fuck some shit up. Uh Ended up falling asleep in front of her doorstep until my friend got home and I I had my hands in my pockets to like make sure no one stole anything and I just passed out. Oh my God. I think I think throwing up so much actually might have saved your life that night. Oh, 100%. I would have been blacked out. The amount of alcohol you were consuming, that is, that's a lot. Dude, I'm, well, that's the thing. I, I never black out, but I'll, I'll fucking pass out. I'll either pass out or throw Yeah. My experience when I was drinking was I basically took out, so I was, I was drinking with Nikki and then her friend and both of them, you know, are they're girls. So they don't drink that much and it doesn't take that much to get them drunk. So I, I basically, they went out and they bought this bottle of UV blue oh. vodka. I don't know. It was, it was all right. It tasted like mouthwash to me. I didn't oh. expect it to be good, but you know, it, I, it got me drunk. So that was fun. They basically took like, I guess like probably like two shots each. Yeah, and then they were shots. they don't know how to act man. They, they were done <laughs> one went and threw up after the first shot oh, actually man. both of them threw up after the first shot um then we had a bunch of jello shots too and that was that was delicious that was so good um but basically i was left with like you know three quarters of the fucking bottle and i drank all of it that night jesus it was uh I just kept going, you know, shots, yeah, the jello shots. I just got fucking wasted, Paul. Yeah. It was bad. I, I was stumbling. We were all, it was at the point where, you know, I decided before, like, we're not leaving the apartment. 
You know, this is the safe place. Fucking bow. Oh my god. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um I was like, before the night started, I was like, I'm not leaving this place. This is the safe haven. I don't want to go out and get fucking arrested. <laughs> and then one of them's like, let's go to the park. And I'm like, great idea. <laughs> yeah, let's go to the park. That's a fun time. So we went to the park and we tried to do cartwheels in the rain. It was just fucking awful. I, I face planted and then I remember I was just laying there for like probably 10 minutes on my face not aware of what was happening and i left my phone there oh. and by some miracle we went back home i noticed it was gone we stumbled all the way back in the first place i looked i fucking found it which is just i that's a blessing right there yeah. that that shit could have easily been gone forever yeah uh, that was my first time getting drunk it was fun i gotta tell you about this dude like freaking i was golfing yesterday right mm-hmm. and Two weekends ago on the Durango Hills course, I hit like best game I ever played. Like it was terrible. I think it was a 98 or something. Okay. Off a course that plays like 56. Something like okay. it was a terrible game. I'll give you yeah, that. it's really bad. But uh, but I hit par on a couple of holes. Okay. So this- Tiger Woods. Fucking channeled his spirit. Practically, practically. I was, was basically roaring back to the And so this weekend I was super hyped. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go golfing. It's gonna be a great time. I actually played the first holes really well. But dude, I started shitting the bed, man. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. Like uh-huh. I hit a good shot to save my life. And so by hole nine, it takes you right next to the clubhouse. It's like fuck, dude. I, I just wanted to drive home. Golf so brutal. And I was like, yeah, I'll go to the bar. And so I went to the bar. I got myself a cigar and a tall Corona. I was like, all right, we're going to face the back line like a champ. So I was just freaking hammering it down. I got a little buzzed. Nice. I played just as bad, if not worse, <laughs> but it, it kind of took the edge off the day. So I Yeah, you felt like a million bucks, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. And tonight, uh, I'm going to the Knights game, and I got a – Designated driver. All right. All right, you got set. Woo, go nights go. And I gotta I gotta hop on a roof tomorrow and do tile. Oh my god. You're basically like every other roofer though, you know, getting drunk, you know, all the way up until a point they have to go to work. And then just fucking having the worst day of your life. Right. That, that's every tradesman, I'm sure. Yeah, you you just a classic. I mean, I wondered why you were so successful in the construction trade, but you know, <laughs> it, it's the habits. It's no wonder. It's the habits. I, it's why I couldn't make it. You know, I just had too pure of a liver. Uh, my fucking lungs were great, and they were just like, it's not going to work out, bud. I'm sorry. Yeah, there, there's a correlation between alcoholism and tradesmen. Basically, <laughs> the the greater you are in here, the greater you are in there. It's direct. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I One, hear you. Uh, goes gotcha. All right, what are we gonna talk about next, Paul? So let's, let's break open. So, how familiar are you with Plato's Cave, the allegory of the cave? I should say. So I I uh, I took two philosophy classes, and uh, 
you know, they were, they were the beginnings, <laughs> one, 101, 102. And uh, that shit wasn't for me. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting stuff, but like it fucks with my head. And uh, my professors were all too fucking pretentious and uh, weren't able to accept differing point of views. But it definitely um, seemed very pretentious. I'll give you a quick example. Um, well, and it's hard because professors are supposed to just present it, present an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to distinguish whether they're arguing for it or whether they're just presenting it as it is. But yeah. man, you'll, you'll start to, you'll start to, learn and as as you go deeper and deeper once you go past the bank of the known knowledge mm-hmm. it's kind of a weird way of putting it. i i could frame it better but once you get past the bank of okay we've everything behind this line it, we're certain of but everything past it is just written with fallacies but it's the best we got mm-hmm. and we were talking in class recently about um reasoning and it was just like it was so evident that what we believe is just flawed by fallacy through actually yeah um so to answer the question you asked me how familiar i am with you know the allegory of the cave yeah. you know i know about it and i probably would get like a fucking d if i had to explain it to a teacher but you know i it's like Basically, you got this cave and there are people who are chained to face, you know, the end of the cave where it's just pitch black and people come in with fire and basically all they see is the shadows. So the fire is the sun. So the sun to be fire. And what it is, is there's they see shadows because there's an opening to the cave that's above them. So they mm-hmm. see shadows of people that walk past the cave. And yeah. then that's basically their reality, right? Is they, since all they can see is shadows and they're chained, they're fixed to see the shadows. They, they construct their reality, their pretense of reality based on what they see, what they visualize. So the theory is, and, and later on in the story, someone, there's a man that becomes unaffixed and he actually ventures into the real world. And step by step, he begins, because you're in a dark cave. Well, this is how Plato says it. Well, you're in a dark cave. Once you go into the overlord, overworld, so to speak, pardon, um, your eyes slowly adjust. And he says, well, you can only recognize the shadows. So your head's to the ground, right? And eventually you can see the reflections in the lake. And then eventually you can stare at the sun directly and take the world as it really is. And then the man ventures back into the cave and tries to explain what reality really is to all these people. And they think he's crazy. They're like, dude, what are you, what are you talking about? That is scary. Yeah. Because that sort of, everyone believes that they know what reality is, right? But it's up in the air no one really understands it and yet people are so confident in their way of life and living and they take sort of 
made a phrase the other day when I was doing assignments. It's dogmatic ignorance, right? There's ignorance, meaning that you don't really know what's going on in terms of reality, in terms of belief, but it's dogmatic because you, you take your opinions as belief, well, as fact, excuse me. And people don't recognize that. That's, that's scary. And then you think, well, am I the guy in the cave? Oh, shit. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary that you know the person who actually knows what's going on is labeled as just fucking insane. Yeah, and uh, you know makes you think, makes you think about you know all the people who we call insane and the fact that we can't disprove what they're saying. You know, that's the hardest part. Is you can't openly. There's a lot of so the flat earther community, for example. <laughs> are like skeptical, right? They're skeptics, uh-huh. right? They say, well, you can't show me and prove to me 100% that this world is flat. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. fair enough, but it's, the odds are in our favor. We have things like science, which is undeniable. We have visual yeah. evidence, pictures. I mean, sure, it can all be doctored if you want to be a skepticist, but at that point, I, I put until some point, you're just being an asshole. Yeah. You know? And so, but, but that, that really is more so in, in when it comes to things like ethics and morality, things that bind the policy of not only our government, but the way we live our lives. Once you understand that you don't even know if you're living the right way, what is considered morally right, it's, it's fucking, it's weird, dude. It, it mm-hmm. really needs a lot more thought. Yeah, it just kind of... Yeah, I don't know. It raises a lot of questions about reality. And I know that like I've had a few people who I who I know, like in my family, who seriously like they go through like an existential crisis trying to consider like what's real and what's not. And like my grandma, she was a uh, she's just got like a little bit of dementia, you know, she was kind of fucking she's fucking crazy. But um, she was put into a nursing home and like they switched her meds up in some way. And literally just one day she woke up and she was just screaming like, why are you following me? Like, what is going on? They're trying to kill me. And she was like calling us and she was like telling us how she thought she was going to die. because people were following her and um, that she thought she was in prison, too. And what she ended up doing was she just fucking bolted out the door and they had to haul her back in and they called us and what's funny is while my mom was you know talking with the lady at the nursing home about what they're going to do about this she's just sitting in a chair next to some you know some attendant who works there some like poor fucking lady who doesn't get paid enough for this shit some minimum wage yeah she's got a life outside of work yeah and what my grandma does is she takes her phone and she like throws it at the wall over there and she's like oops can you go get that for me and he's like okay and she gets up and she's picking up her phone and my grandma's like fuck i gotta get out of here and she just fucking bolts out the door again let me interject real quick that reminds me of like those stealth games where you throw a rock yes. and distract the guards and they're like oh look at that rock and then you just yes except the fucking guard is you know a minimum wage fucking person who doesn't care yeah yeah she's like all right i guess i'll get your phone for you crazy lady and then she pulled it out of the door and she like ran into the middle of fucking traffic and 
almost got herself killed, but she's fine. She's doing better now too, which is good, but it's just crazy to think how like, I don't know, how how our world could just be totally fucking upended. Dude, and that's when I used to work at the veterans home, uh, You, I worked in the dementia ward and these guys, it, you could see that their mind was playing tricks on them, but they didn't yeah. know. And that's fucking scary, dude. There was this guy who thought, uh, he thought, You'd always be in a hurry, right? He'd get his jacket on, and I'm like, oh, fuck this shit again. And I go in there, I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? I think his name was, if I remember remember correctly, his name was Jimmy. It's like, Jimmy, hey, buddy, where are you going? He's like, looks at his watch. He's like, hey, it's 12 o'clock, man. I got to go pick up the kids. I'm like, hey, man, (laughs) I got some shit to tell you. Your kids Uh are like 60, (laughs) you know? Yeah. But it's, and it's weird because it's so real to them. Yeah. No. Yeah. Insane how how well your mind can play tricks on. The scary part to me is was in trying to explain to someone who's going through that kind of a crisis. Yeah, when you're trying to explain that you know what they're thinking isn't valid, that only like makes them. That only drives their own thoughts even more um, towards the fact that everyone's trying to fucking. <laughs> everyone's a robot and everyone's just like playing some acting game, trying to get you to do something that's going to kill you or whatever. They're not dude. They don't, they don't believe anything. That's like, it's, what? it's genuinely terrifying. You know, it fucking, it, it like hurts to see that when someone's like that and you're trying to talk to them and you're like, like, listen, do you think I'm a fucking robot? But then like, I think about it after I say that and I'm like, Jesus, asking that question to them is going to be like me fucking like playing some role even further. And there's just nothing you can do. It's that that's a great segue into the story day. Yeah, it deals with that topic. Exactly. For those of you who don't know, it is the story I'm referring to is they by Robert Hyman. And the premise is that there's this guy who comes in to a psychiatric facility and is held there and his name is oh, i forgot his name oh shit but basically the protagonist basically confronts the doctor who sent him there to talk to him about his psychiatric problems and the protagonist says well i know that i'm human i know that i'm conscious but all these people around me they act differently and he doesn't he doesn't know what they are but he knows that they're not human he knows that he essentially believes that he's in a simulation of sorts, not in the sense where he has like a VR helmet on and he's like blinded by technology. He says, no, there's actors around me. And it's just like the Truman Show, like you were explaining to me, where there's actors in this world and their intentions are unknown, but you can tell that they're kind of off. He says, well, they stop talking. There's these weird little things that he says, that he's noticed when he was a kid. And the doctor says, well, you're just being skeptical, this, that, and the other. And then it turns out he's right at the end. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, just like the Truman Show. The Truman Show is the best way to relate it, where it says, well, there's these actors and there's this phenomenon that keeps happening. It makes me believe that I'm in a trap. And that that's, that's crazy to think about because it's just like the mental illness thing that we were talking about especially with dementia where these people believe that reality they're separated from reality or what 
we believe is reality. They're separated from it in a sense. And now they don't know what to believe, who's right or who's wrong. From the Truman Show perspective, it, it could be either way, right? Flip the coin. Yeah. Yeah. Truman Show, like, obviously it's a little bit uh, still here. Like, it doesn't go as as deep into it. Like, just conceptually, it's it's deeper than, you know, what it what you, you know, take away from it if you like really think deep about it, but like when you, when you consider, you know, that applied to your own life, it, it does get a little scary. Oh, it gets sketchy as fuck. Cause that, well, and that could lead to nihilism too. Nihilism meaning, you know, you don't believe in anything and it kind of strips your ethical morality. So mm-hmm. you, could, you could justify anything. Cause you're like, well, it doesn't mean, this world doesn't even mean construct. Yeah. Did you ever see this South Park episode where uh, Cartman is fucking tricking some kid into think he's in a VR world, but he just butters. puts yeah. Yeah, butters. he just puts goggles on him and goes in the closet and talks to him over the walkie-talkie, and then you know it starts out just like just like a game for Cartman's entertainment, and he's like, "I just go shovel the snow. This is the new level," and he's like, "Yeah, these, this snow graphic is shit." eventually just keeps like ramping up and Cartman's like alright butters you gotta come back and he's like no I'm not coming back I'm gonna go stab a hooker and he just goes <laughs> out and he fucking like stabs a hooker and like steals a car and everything because he just thinks it's a video game Yeah, that's, what, that's what's dangerous about fucking nihilism if you don't believe anything's real then there's no fucking ethical obligation to be a good right. human being it's kind of like GTA. GTA would, yeah. I mean, the South Park reference is just like GTA, where he recognizes he's in the game. So the world is yours. Let's mm-hmm. fuck it. Let's go get five stars. Yeah. You know what I mean? All we're going to do is we're going to wake up if we die or, or, or if we end the game, so to speak. It's fucking crazy. Man. It's pretty, pretty interesting how there's just the nature of guys whenever they think there's no consequences to just fuck shit up. It's just be as humanly as much of a piece of shit as you possibly can i think there's a theory behind that i think humans are driven to well i can't remember if it's i think it's entropy which is the universe has a tendency to go into chaos right and you can see it with your room like i i I strongly believe that not only man but humans in general as a species tend to move towards disorder i think order bothers us for some reason whether that's correct or or why that happens i don't know but the theory of the the way uh, my old science teacher put it well well imagine you have a nice clean room right and then at the end of the week when you go through and you're living in it this that and the other you don't maintain that order because it takes a lot of energy to maintain that order but it, eventually at the end of the room at the end of the week pardon me Come Saturday, your room is in disarray. It's disgusting. And it's like, eh, I don't even really want to clean it. Yeah, that makes sense. I kind of like this. And then if you scale that up, right, which I have you ever heard of the shopping cart theory, by the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I fucking know about that. So, so the, the basic premise is okay, imagine a world without laws, right? 
where everyone's morality and their ethics would basically be the glue binding society mm-hmm. together rather than police consequence and our law structure, right? Our judicial mm-hmm. structure. So the theory is, well, we already see that. We already know what that world would look like. And, and it is the shopping cart theory. So when you exit a grocery store and you put your groceries in your cart, you have a choice. You have a choice yeah. that is not inhibited by consequences. It is, you could put your shopping cart in the, uh, in the collector because, hey, you want to help out the workers there. It's the right thing to do. Or you could just throw it up on a medium with some rocks or something. But the, yeah. the thing is, no one is going, there is no consequences. There are no consequences. No one's going to say, hey, don't do that. You're not going to get prison time or anything. It is solely whether you want to do, whether you want to waste the energy and the time doing the right thing. And if you go to like a Walmart parking lot, it's extremely visible. People just don't give a fuck. And I don't don't know why that is. Yeah. People will just fucking do anything, but put it back in the cart corral. That's like fucking three, 30 feet away from them. They'd rather put it upside down in a tree. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're like fucking put it in the trunk of their car with the rest of their groceries and put that shit back. Uh, They'd rather haul it to their house. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Me and you have both been card pushers uh, for the people listening. And we we have experienced the pain, the trauma of fucking ignorant people who don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. The question is always, why do we tend to to slip in that chaos just naturally. Yeah, this is easier, and that's just how it fucking is. It takes work to make things orderly and to make things, you know, look nice and make things actually be nice. So people just, yeah. So have you ever heard of Frederick Nietzsche? No. So Nietzsche said you could give a man, like, this isn't a direct quote. This is, I can't, it's been a minute since I read it, Basically, he said, you can give a man cake and basically any desire in the world, you give a man. And he would act up and find some way to defy you. And, and that, that's kind of a weird concept because everyone's like, well, if we just move towards a world of more comfortability, right? If we just, well, you can see it in, in capitalism as well. Well, everyone wants to be more comfortable. Let's not expel energy you know, we have robots that clean our floors, for example, right? And then Nietzsche says, everyone, the belief is that, okay, the easier we make our life, the better it will be, the more satisfaction we will derive from it. Nietzsche says, no, that's actually incorrect. But there's beauty in the struggle, so to speak. He says, well, if you give man everything that he wants, he will find some way to disrupt you. You know, mm-hmm. he, he will destroy everything he will destroy the world he's living in just to have an ounce of chaos in this world yeah people moral of the story is people can't be fucking happy no i guess you know who can be happy dude i gotta tell you a story do you so when you were working for dnl did you ever go to abc supply no i didn't have to do that there's a pallet making place right next to me dude and, okay. and there's a lot of uh hispanics like mexican guys there Dude, they have this music, this fiesta music 
blasting like uh-huh. here from the next street over and it is awesome man like you know uh-huh. those guys are getting paid 10 bucks an hour but they're dancing they're having a good time yeah it's crazy music that's just way too loud and like, dude i fucking admire it i love it uh-huh. i love the culture yeah yeah no i i um it's funny my fiance's car when we bought it, we bought it from a Mexican family and they had a CD in there that we still have. And we'll just fucking listen to it for no reason. <laughs> it's fucking and then it like goes into some like just batshit crazy like it's like the most at first I thought it was the most annoying music that I've ever heard in my life. Then after you listen to it like 15 times in a row, you're like, okay, this is pretty fun. It's fun. It's a it's party music. Yeah. It's fun. Oh yeah, man. I love that shit. There's a spirit behind it for sure. Yeah. It's and it's weird how like music that's different to us just sounds like fucking annoying at first. But if you just keep on listening to it, eventually you like hear the rhythm in it, you hear what it is that other people like. And that's kind of actually just a little bit of a metaphor for how we just if we just fucking you know be okay with things that make us uncomfortable at first that eventually just becomes comfortable you don't even care right right like i date with uh, classical music so i'm like dude mm-hmm. I, I need i think why i tend to like metal a lot more it's just because it's just fucking insane dude it's just they yeah the shit at you vocals mm-hmm. guitar drums just at the same time i cannot live in silence dude and classical is that like it's sort of like it's kind of like the tortoise and the hare right but you, you it's you're gonna have three minutes of music right the hare mm-hmm. is just metal music right just, da, 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 da. yeah or this is just that slow melodical dude i can't uh-huh. that shit I, I need chaos in my life with, with, in terms of music you know Recently, I've been fucking with classical music when I study. Uh, and I mean, obviously, it's good study music because there's no fucking words or anything. Right. But like, I was listening to it and I'm like, is this what it feels like, you know, to be fucking high class? Like, as I, <laughs> I was making me like feel emotions and shit. And I'm like, is this what they were feeling in the 1500s? Like, this shit kind of like goes hard. Rolling a wine glass. Uh, yeah, I just how I felt. Like, there's this song by like Claude Debussy called Arabesque. And yeah. it's like, it's just beautiful. And I was like, I felt like I was floating in the clouds doing a little dance and everything. It's but, crazy uh, how music can do that. Like, how, how yeah. do you group these vibrations together to make me feel like I'm fucking flying? Yeah. And I mean, that's what separates us from like our fucking dogs or cats too, is that like, it's weird. We, we find beauty in just noises, you know, like you can play music for animals all you want and they're just going to fucking sit there right? and not not have any idea what's going on. Right. All right. I think we had a good conversation. I say we go we go to the sports picks of the week. Sir. Yeah, yeah, I think it's time. All right, uh, do you have your fucking your all the games picked? Are all the games pulled up? I want. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go off the cuff. I don't even really watch football that too too much. I just kind of I participate in fantasy league. Okay. 
I, I have a fantasy team too. I'm actually, I feel like I know shit really well about teams, but when it comes to picking individual players, I'm just fucking terrible. I got slaughtered last week. Yeah, me too. I just had, I had a feeling, you know, I was like Tyreek Hill, he just scored 30 points. Like he's just going to do it again. But then somehow he just fucking goes out there and, you know, scores six points for me. I had the kicker last week for, I have the kicker, excuse me, for the New York Giants. Oh my God. Because they have to, they have to score field goals so often. Yeah. Fucking, they don't have the decency to see with with every other player in fantasy you want to pick a team that's like high scoring and that's fucking lights out but when it comes to a kicker it's it, the strategy is to pick a team that actually is like relatively not that good like because they're gonna win. yeah yeah they're gonna start kicking it way more and they also have to have a good kicker too which is yeah, important you don't want a team that it, it's a it's a balance you want a team good enough to get within the kick zone yeah the, the red zone excuse me but uh, you don't want a team so shit that they can't even make first downs. Have to punt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so how this is gonna go, Paul? I don't know what we're gonna call this. I say we just call it the fucking degenerate competition. Degenerate, yeah, I like it. This is this is of the week. Yep, this. we're just gonna be degenerates. We're gonna bet the farm on uh, some football games and see how it goes for us. Um, yeah. You know, I'll be gracious and let you take the first pick. Um, how the rules are going to go. You're just going to, you're going to pick, you know, a game and it's got on ESPN for us the spread. For example, Ravens Lions, it says Baltimore's favored to win by seven and a half points. Right. So they have to score, they have to be eight points, win by eight points in order to win that bet. If you choose Ravens over the Lions. Or if you choose Lions, they just have to keep the Ravens from scoring eight points more than them. I think. I don't know. That sounds fucking right to me. And that would be like one point if you choose the favorite and you get that shit right. Because they're the favorite and that's easy. So I think if you you have the balls to choose an underdog, I think that's a two-point play right there. Now we're going to go back and forth and we're going to choose, you know, one How by one. Was that? How many teams are we going to choose total? Uh, I think we're just going to do four each. I don't know. That sounds good to me. And then we're just going to tally up the points next week. All right. Sound All right. good? You go first. All right. All right. I'll go first. Let me see. Let me see what's popping out to me here. Okay. <coughs> I should have studied this beforehand. Dude, it's got the off-the-cuff instinct. Just, I already have my first team in mind. Dude, dude I don't like I don't like any of this. Too analytical. Fuck. These are some bad games. Okay. Jets-Broncos. I, you know, I believe in Teddy Bridgewater. I have always been a Teddy Bridgewater fan. Cool. I think I think he's underrated as fuck. I'm going Broncos scoring 10 extra points on the Jets with the win. Yeah. All right, that's my fucking pick of the week. All right. I'll go. I want, I'm looking at the thing that stood out immediately was Saints Patriots. I think it's disgusting <laughs> that the Patriots have are the favorites to win. So I'm really I'm gonna go with who that nation. 
and pick the Saints for that. All right, all right. Give Toby That's a shout out there. Me. You don't believe in Mac Jones? No, no chance, dude. No chance. You, can't you think him. you don't think he's going to do good against that Saints defense? Non rookie. He's for the first two games he did okay. I think he's going to crush under who that is. Yeah, he's due for somebody to fucking, you know, every every rookie's got to have that game where they throw like two picks or more and they just fucking suck ass. There. All right. Okay, this is an easy one. All right, Raiders at home against the Dolphins. They're favored by three and a half points. That, that doesn't make sense to me. How are they favored by three and a half points against the fucking Dolphins? Are you kidding me? Dude, Raiders. They've been hot. Raiders have been crazy good. Yeah, they should. That should be like 85 million points. Favor. <laughs> I don't know about that. Jesus. Damn, God. they fucking have. Vegas has no faith, faith in the Raiders to put that fucking that line up. All right, I'm taking the Raiders at home. They're going to get more than three and a half points. Solid pick. Solid pick. Let's go. Ooh. Okay, so what are we going to do for even? So I, I'm looking at the Bucks. Oh, no, no, that's – I don't want you to take that one. Okay, even – I think that's just whoever wins the game, you know? So we'll do it one point, though. How much how – uh, One point for, yeah, either team, I guess. Okay, I, I'm going to go Bucks. I think Bucks will take it. I think TV 12 is just too unstoppable, especially last week. They were fucking insane. They were just they, – they named the score. Mike Evans. I, I believe in Matthew Stafford, you know. I, I can't bet that one because you chose it, but fucking – dude, I think Matthew Stafford can pull off an upset there. Honestly, you can take the other side of that. All right, you want to do that? Yeah. Let's just have it go either way. I'm taking the Rams on that, baby. Matthew Stafford, I tried to tell Toby this. He was the most underrated fucking quarterback <laughs> in the league when he was, in, when he was in Detroit. Detroit Stafford. Detroit I don't want to hear never... this propaganda. No, no, tell me the story again how Matthew Stafford broke a wide receiver's finger from throwing the ball too hard. He threw the, he threw the ball so fucking hard, so spot on. It literally just like it, it would, the ball would have caught itself. You know, like the guy put his hands there. And it was so hard that it broke a dude's fucking finger while he was trying to catch that shit. Because that man's got the arm of God. Like Anyways. He's fucking amazing. Shut the fuck up. Okay. So I guess it's back to you then. I took the Rams on that. We're at three games, right? So I have yeah, game. last game. Each. Or no. That was my third. You've only picked two, right? You pick Saints and Bucks. I, I, oh, you started, huh? I think the Packers are going to upset the 49ers. Okay. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers was fucking hot last week, unfortunately for my Lions. I was really sad to watch. I had hope for a half. Don't you? Okay. Yeah, that's an underdog right there. Wow. I mean, I think San Francisco has, like, been one of the shakiest teams that's been highly ranked. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers, I, he's so fucking wishy-washy, man. Like, he's mm-hmm. either in playoff form, playoff and Super Bowl form, or he's, like, dog shit. There is yeah. No- All right. Let's fucking – let's pick – 
Wow. Seahawks only favored by two versus the Vikings. Yeah, that's one. I'll take that because, look, the Seahawks are fucking early season champions. If there yes. was a if there was a September Super Bowl, it would always be the fucking be Seahawks. The Seahawks. Every single Russell every fucking time. He's the MVP for fucking five weeks in the league, and then the whole program just goes to fucking dog shit after that. And I don't know why. Hundred percent, dude. They, it, it seems like they make it to the playoffs, and then they just fucking pass away. They just have no fucking offense out of nowhere. Whereas their offense is just unstoppable for like five fucking weeks. All right, I'm taking the Seahawks. They're going to get more than two points on the Vikings. I can see that. Vikings are 0-2. That's reasonable. For my final pick, I'm going to go with the Ravens against the Lions. I think the Ravens are going to take it. I think that's an easy fucking Fucking asshole. Just tell me how fucking easy it is, how they're going to name the score. So easy, dude. Lamar Lamar Jackson's been kind of slow this season, though. Yeah, I don't know. I still think he's he's pretty great. Oh, I think people are a little hard on him, you know. Yeah, yeah. He was a fucking. He was the last quarterback picked in the first round. Everyone was like, "Oh, he's shit," and then he becomes good. And for some reason, everyone still fucking says, "Oh, he's shit," because he's not, you know, the greatest quarterback ever. There's a fucking reason they picked him number twenty-five. I think there's a tendency to hate on runners, like. The, the era of quarterback second run has kind of went and passed. Now you just want a Tom Brady-like character that can throw yeah. accurate balls. With an hey, you know, Lamar is not even that bad, you know. He can make dude, the pass. Throwing, throwing, he's got a fucking arm, dude. Yeah, he's pretty good. Like, he's not Tom Brady, you know, but he what he brings to the table that Tom Brady doesn't makes up for that. Dude, you know? got to look up. I forgot. It was like a meme that I saw. It was Tom Brady in his first season with the NFL versus his last season in the NFL. He is anti-aged. He's fucking gotten slimmer than when he was younger. And he's like, he looks a lot younger now than when he did. In his you just season. seen fucking pictures of his face every year? Yeah. Like the dude got more handsome as he That's got older. That was the same doesn't picture. Make sense. His fucking jawline like goes in more. It's like he's got the, you know, the fucking Beverly Hills like dimples in his chin where right. it looks like looks like a fucking supermodel for some reason yeah yeah okay. no, no sense to me because uh, i feel like uh, it's the opposite for everyone mm-hmm. else. like 20s is probably fucking prime time once you hit 30s you just start going yeah no i'm already feel like i'm fucking progressing at 19 years old <laughs> i had a pack of dunhills that made me feel like a freaking okay well i know for a fact that you're not going to be aging well because you're fucking treating your body awfully oh dude oh man i'm getting loose out of this bad boy dude roofing yeah you just you're going for the speed run on fucking you know (laughs) shooting yourself in the head all right percentage well those are our picks uh, I think you got some solid picks in there, Paul. I think yeah. you get yeah a chance. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll take it for the week. Look, Bucks Rams is really going to decide who wins this week. Well, all right. It was good talking to you, Noah. It was a pleasure. Same same time next week, yeah. Yeah, for all sure, right. man. All right, peace. <laughs>